the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending with the Faith, where the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, if you've been listening to Contending for the Faith uh, for a long time, particularly toward the end of last year, you know we've been doing a series on Bible trivia. But tonight, we're going to hit the pause button once again on that and bring you part two in our new series of New Year's messages entitled, Peace in the Battle. Oftentimes, when we hear the word battlefield, we quickly envision a literal battlefield with bombs going off and machine guns firing all around, soldiers running, people screaming, chaos all around. But have you ever considered that there is an intense battle raging in our thoughts on a daily basis? A battlefield of the mind. But don't despair. There is some good news in the midst of this battlefield. To find out about this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Well, as Brother Gary has said, uh, we are in a battle, a battlefield, not only a battlefield uh, in terms of war, but a battlefield regarding Satan trying to uh, take control of the mind, possess the mind, that if he can get the mind, then he has the body. He can get the body. So he starts off with uh, the mind. And you know what? Warfare begins in the mind. If Satan can get your mind, he can get the rest of you. That's why you have to guard it. You know, it tells us in Philippians chapter 4, you know, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. You got to do something about that, my friend, in this day and age. Now, let me say a few things about that. In the news today and in the field of psychology and sociology and even science, the big discussion today and even in the, with the uh, police department and uh, those who do uh, social work, the big discussion today, my friend, is mental illness. Uh, you can turn on the TV, the radio, and there's a discussion everywhere about mental illness. Our world today is concerned about mental illness. And I believe that mental illness, now listen to me carefully, I believe that mental illness is not only biological, but I believe it's also spiritual. And we find in the Bible that Jesus, oftentimes, if you look at the New Testament, you look at the Gospels, especially in the ministry of Jesus, we see 
two separate uh, types of ministries with Jesus. There were times when he was healing people who were mentally ill, mentally sick. And then there were other times by which he was healing people where the text says they were mental and demonically influenced. They would put demonism with the mental problem. I believe today, in our world today, when it uh, the news and uh, radio and uh, TV always talks about mental illness, it's a serious subject matter that we must take into consideration, not only in uh, the world, but in our churches. There are people in our churches that are mentally ill. There are people in our homes that are mentally ill. There are people uh, in marriages <laughs> where one spouse is mentally ill and and one spouse who is mentally ill about to make the other spouse go mentally ill too. <laughs> it's sad to say. But this is a serious problem. This is why I'm trying to bring this to our attention tonight. This is a serious problem. And there are people today in our world that are literally losing their minds. And this is one of the reasons why the crime rate is so high today, and homelessness, violence everywhere you turn. And the first thing that they say is that a person is mentally ill. They were mentally ill from the childhood coming up all the way to adulthood. And I believe with that, too, is Satan controlling the minds of people and causing them to do the things that they're doing when it comes to crime and violence and that sort of thing. And I think that uh, we need to, I believe that we need to really uh, look at this thing as a thing of ministry. we got to do something about this problem today in our world today. And people are losing their minds because they don't have the peace of God. In this battle that we are experiencing today, people don't have the peace of God reigning in their hearts and in their minds. You remember it tells us in Isaiah 26 and 3, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. You know, don't you want that today? Don't you want that perfect peace, that that passes all understanding, that perfect peace that will keep your mind. The mind can take you a thousand places. And, you know, and it can take you places where Satan can set you up and destroy you and kill you and uh, neutralize you, sterilize you, and on and on and on and on. And you see, we're in a battle. We're not only in a battle in terms of the war field. But we're in a battle in one's personal life. We're in a battle with three enemies. The three enemies that we are in a battle with is the devil, number one, and then the flesh, number two, and then number three, the world. We're in a battle on an ongoing basis with these two, these three enemies. And I want you to notice this, that the devil comes against us in the invisible realm. You cannot see him with the natural eye. You got to see him with the spiritual eye. You cannot fight against Satan by yourself. Uh, you need not only God, you need the Holy Spirit, but you need 
the prayers and protection of the church. You know, and Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Don't you know that you can't make it in this world without the church? And we have people call in all the time and say they're churchless. Well, you open yourself up for Satan because Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. It cannot prevail against the church because God has a hedge of protection around the church, the true church. The devil comes at us in the invisible realm. The flesh comes against us in the inner realm. That's why Paul was saying in Romans 7, every time I try to do good, evil is present with me. The thing that I hate, that is what I do. Oh, wretched man that I am. He had said that there was a war going on inside his members trying to bring him into captivity of his mind. Don't you notice that Paul mentioned the word mind, captivity of the mind? You can be, listen to me carefully, you can be not only in a prison, incarcerated in a prison, you can be incarcerated with Satan controlling your mind without the peace of God in your heart and in your mind. And then the third enemy is the world. The world comes against us in the outer realm. So we got these three constantly at work, nonstop in our lives. And that flesh, that second enemy, is that Jekyll and Hyde. And when we try to do good, Paul said, evil is present with me. Every time I try to do good, evil is present with me to pull me in the direction of doing what's wrong. And somebody said to me one time, well, I'm bored again. Uh, doesn't that give me victory? And I told that person, I said, no. And they said, man, you don't sound like you're a preacher. I said, yeah, I'm a preacher. I want you to understand this, that the new nature doesn't give you victory. It helps in your spiritual walk. And I told him, this is the thing that gives you victory. The things that gives you victory is being powered and anointed, appointed and approved and endowed and then filled by the Holy Spirit. Doesn't it tell us in Galatians 5 and 22 that when we are led by the Spirit, there is such a thing as self-control? Ourselves are out of control. Self is out of control. We need the power of the Holy Spirit leading us, filling us, endowing us, anointing us. And Dwight Lama Moody said, the great evangelist of the 1800s said it so well. He said, many people are praying for God to fill them when they're already filled with something else. He said, there must be an emptying before there can be a filling. And you know, uh, you can't refill a cup just over and over. You got to, when it's filled up, it's filled up. You know, that's good. But the way you're going to fill it is, again, is to empty it out and then you fill it again. And that's the same way with our Christian walk today. Yes. You know, isn't it interesting when we talk about this thing of uh, peace, that when it comes to the armor of God in Ephesians 6 and verses 10 through 18, it talks about, and having your feet shod with the gospel of peace. The, The gospel of peace is part of the armor of God. 
when you arm yourself with the armor of God daily, you're arming yourself with the peace of God. You need the peace of God in this world by which Satan is trying to take control of your mind, trying to take control of your body, trying to take control of your soul, trying to take control of your thoughts. And the white Lyman Moody said this too. He said, evil thoughts is like, Birds flying above our heads. You know, it travels quickly. And he said, that's not the sin when they are traveling because thoughts come and go so quickly. He said, the sin is when you allow the birds to make a nest in your head. And that's what we're doing with sin. We're allowing sin to make a nest in our head. So we need that peace of God. We need the peace having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You got to prepare. It says preparation of the gospel of peace. You got to prepare for this peace. You got to want this peace. You got to desire this peace. And uh, in the midst of the battlefield in life that's raging in our lives, raging in our homes, raging in our marriages, raging in our churches, raging in our communities, We need the peace of God. Let me say this in conclusion. The peace of God is none other than Jesus Christ. Jesus is called in Isaiah 9 and 6, the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the one that orders peace in our lives. He's the one that governs peace in our lives. He's the one that controls peace in our lives. He's the one that protects peace in our lives. And nobody else can do this but Jesus Christ. So tonight, I'm going to say this in closing, my friend. If you haven't experienced the peace of God in your life and you're raging in your soul, the Bible says there is no peace among the wicked, says the Lord. The the wicked is like the troubled sea tossed to and fro. You want to experience that peace right now? Well, confess your sins, accept Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life. Let him rule your life, and he will rule you with his peace. And he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God says regarding this thing of peace in the battlefield of life. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. And speaking of prayer... Once again, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for contending for the faith. Without the faithful prayers of the saints, we could never make it. Last week, we celebrated 19 years on the air, which is pretty amazing. And it's all because of so many folks like you who are lifting us up in prayer. It's so vital that you continue to to pray for us, that uh, the, the prayers are going up and the glory is coming down, and we know God is hearing those prayers because we wouldn't have been, been able to be on the air that long. We also want to thank those who partner with us financially. You know, we are a listener-supported ministry, and we need faithful supporters, faithful prayer warriors, and, and faithful partners in, in terms of our finances. And so last week it was Scott and Jackie and Rick And we are so thankful for those that have given, but we need so many more to step up to the plate and partner with us as well. It takes 400 a week to remain on the air, and we need more than three people to give. 
we need uh, everyone within the sound of my voice to to hear from the Lord and, and to consider partnering with us financially. As of right now, we need one hundred and forty dollars for tonight for tonight's broadcast. So we're 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 struggling right now, but we know God is able and he works through you. So we're there's two ways that you can give. Uh, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is simply go onto your laptop, your smartphone, whatever your device that can take you online and go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. And hit the donate button, and away you go. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We also want to let you know that next week we will be out of the studio. Uh, Dr. Buckner's family will be flying in from Houston, Texas. So be sure to tune in because we will bring an an air the best of contending for the faith. You won't be disappointed. Uh, You just won't be able to call in and uh, talk to us live, but you can certainly listen to the message. So we want to re- just, you know, let you know, give you a heads up. Next week, we won't be live in the studio. The program will be on, and we'll bring you the best of contending for the faith. Also, Dr. Buckner is preparing to teach a five-week class on what does it mean to be an extreme disciple. Uh, this class will begin Monday, February 11th at the East Bay Baptist Association office located at 1221 Pacific Avenue in San Leandro, California. Um, In this five-week class, Dr. Buckner will teach on how most Christians, even many in the church, have never been taught about what it means to be a true extreme disciple of Christ. A lot of folks believe that once you become a Christian, everything stops there, but there's so much more. And you have an opportunity to learn, to grow, to meet Dr. Buckner, and and, uh, be able to take advantage of his 40-plus years of, of training. And so it'll be a wonderful time, a wonderful time of fellowship, and a wonderful tri- time of equipment, equipping as well. Again, this class begins Monday, February 11th, um, and it's going to be a five-week course ending March the 11th. So for more information, you can contact Dr. Buckner at area code 415-721-1778 or email him at jlbcftf at comcast.net. That's J-L-B-C-F-T-F at Comcast.net. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for the, uh, you know, announcements. And we uh, pray that you would govern yourselves according to that and and be a blessing for us consistently with prayer as well as your giving. Uh, We need that to to stay on the air, as Brother Gary said. Well, what we're going to do right now is, um, well, well, the other thing is the class is coming up. We'll be talking more about that and want to encourage people to become a part of that. Uh, this class, if you take it, you will be shocked uh, not only about the greater truth that you will learn, but you will also grow uh, in grace and the knowledge of our Lord. And uh, this is something that we want to encourage you to do. Make a note of that tonight. Encourage friends and be there for this class that's coming up. Well, Brother Gary, let's get to our callers. All right. I'm going to go to Brother C.C. on line one. He's been waiting patiently. Brother C.C., how are you doing? Um, how are you guys doing? We are truly blessed. How about yourself? Uh, I'm blessed. Oh, good, good. We trust that yes, you got yes, in. Yes, I'm blessed. 
We trust that you got encouraged tonight through the word. Yes, I did. You had a lot to say, which always, and I, I really appreciate everything um, that, was, that was that was said. Really encouraging. Oh, very good, very good. And then, what's on your heart uh, tonight? And do you have a a question? Yeah, I want to ask you a question in Revelation chapter eleven, in the fourth verse. If you could uh, help me out with that, You'll do a little bit, little bit exegesis. Okay, uh, you have your Bible there. Uh, yes, I do. All righty. Why don't you read it so for those who may not have a Bible, they can at least know the context by which you're asking the question. Okay. Um, it says, oh, yeah, it says, these, uh, I'm in Revelation chapter um, 11, verse 4, for those who are listening, it says, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before God of the earth. And that's just the reading of the word. Okay. Thank you so much. This is a... A uh, tremendous verse of scripture here, and it's uh, just the verse in and of itself is very uh, meaty, and it has a lot of meat and no bones, but a lot of meat, and we're going to try to dissect some of that meat. Um, first and foremost, and if you have your pen, and just uh, and if you can't get all this, just uh, uh, listen to the podcast and try to get it that way. Uh, this is an imagery uh, here in Revelation eleven four. Imagery is drawn from uh, Zechariah three and uh, four, uh, and Zechariah's vision. So this is pointing to Zechariah's vision of both a near fulfillment in the sense of the rebuilding of the temple by Joshua and Zerubbabel, and a future uh, fulfillment as well. So this is a local um, prophecy that happened in history, and then it's a future fulfillment uh, pointing to these two witnesses whose ministry points to uh, Israel and the church in the final days of the restoration in the millennium. Uh, The third thing that needs to be said about this verse is when it talks about the two olives trees and the two lampstands. Uh, you know, in biblical history, olive oil was used in the lamps together with the olive tree. And the lampstands symbolizes the light of spiritual revival that is going to be happening uh, during the period of these uh, two witnesses. These two witnesses uh, will be a witness by which God will use to, to spark a revival uh, just as what happened with uh, Joshua and Zerubbabel did in Israel history in terms pointing back to the Babylonian captivity. Uh, so the things that happened in history uh, will happen again in future history because when you look at the Bible, uh, this is something that many Bible commentaries uh, commentators don't do. Uh, they, uh, many of them just look at this, especially the preterist view uh, and the partial preterist view uh, in a historical framework, and that's what they put it in. But uh, I think to do justice to the Bible is to look at it from a local perspective of prophecy as well as a futuristic perspective of prophecy. And uh, when I teach on the book of Revelation, I'm laying out both perspectives local prophecy and future prophecy. And that's what we see in Matthew chapter 24, 
we see uh, that in the light of that. So hopefully that helps you out, and that's some uh, meat that I threw at you, and uh, now you can chew on it and dissect it and uh, use it in the way you want to. That's a lot of, that's a lot of meat that's going to really grow my spiritual muscles. Thank you. Amen. And we'll get your prayer request next time because we got a lot of uh, callers, and we'll get your prayer request next time. No problem. All right. Thank God you. bless, and you take care. God bless you. Thank all righty, all righty. All right. The lines are lit up. Christmas is over, but we <laughs> it's lit up in here. So <laughs> we're going to go to Jermaine. He's been waiting patiently. Uh, how you doing, Jermaine? Hello. How are you? Happy New oh, Year, I'm bro. I'm doing very well. Happy, happy New, New Year. Year. Yeah, good Happy New Year. Good to hear you guys. We haven't talked with you since last year. Don't stay away so long. <laughs> Every time I say that to people, they always get a kick out of that. I said, haven't talked with you since last year. Don't stay away so long. Yeah, you don't sound any older. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel older. <laughs> yeah, what's on your heart tonight, my brother? Well, yeah, I had heard, uh, I guess, a Christian singer who used to be prominent in the past. I think it was Don Francisco's. I guess uh, he was saying how sometimes the, the Bible itself can become an idol, and I've seen people treat the the book as an idol. But I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Like, is he talking about the book itself or what's in it? Um, I think that he's talking about not so much the Bible, but I, I would because the Bible uh, is in and of itself is not an idol, but because we're worshiping God, right, and we're serving uh, the Lord. Jesus Christ and through the Holy Holy Spirit. I think what happens is, and I think the point he's probably making, is that people can treat it like an idol in the sense that they misinterpret it and mistreat it and abuse the Bible, even though they are meaning to use it in the right way. What happens is they become Bible thumpers, they become uh, Bible controllers, and and they take the Bible out of context. A text taken out of its context becomes a pretext for error. So I think anything in life can be an idol if you overdo it. I mean, God doesn't want us to overdo it with him. He wants us to worship him but not overdo it because we got other things to do. So a, a, a wife uh, or a husband can be an idol. Your children can be an idol. Uh, your job can be an idol. Your car can be an idol. I mean, these things are not idols, but we can make idols out of them by uh, approaching them the wrong way. So I think the issue here is, and I think what he's pointing to, is the fact that when we look at take the Bible the wrong way from which it teaches us, then we are idolizing it uh, and we are treating the Bible in the wrong way. We ought to treat the Bible from the perspective of what it is revealed itself to us in Jesus Christ. And so we got to have balance in life. We got to be able to read the Bible, we got to worship God and 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 praise him and but we got to remember the uh words of Solomon uh, that you know is a time for all things, you know, it's a season for all things and we just got to have balance. So yeah, uh there's there are some people uh, that uh, can take the Bible and really uh, idolize it. And like uh, some people who, who believe uh, uh, the Bible is uh, one translation is uh, greater than others. And so we got to be really careful about what we do in life and, uh, 
And uh, so this, I think that's a little light on what I'm trying to say. Okay, you know, I'm going to say, Doctor, but I want to, I'm going to go ahead and reread his interview, and uh, you know, kind of frame the question a little more properly, and get a more thorough understanding, and, and see if I can bring that question back to you. But I like, uh, I like what you said because I have met people who have done that very thing where the the Bible is like, uh, you know, such an idol you can't sit a cup on top of it, or you drop it and. You drop the word of God, and just people overreact. So. Yeah, yeah, they, they they overreact, and they really take the Bible, and uh, they uh, take the Bible in and of itself as as a thing over over Jesus. I mean, they are worshiping right. the Bible, but they're not worshiping Jesus. So, yeah, like you said, you can drop it. Oh man, I've created the greatest sin in the world. Uh, or you can get some water on it, and boy, I'm gonna go to hell because I got some water on it. You, you, <laughs> you know, we we can really take things uh, way beyond what is intended, and so I think that's what it's alluding to. But read that again, and then come back again, and let's discuss this some more. All right, thank you for your answer. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for always calling in uh, for uh, your good questions as well, and. Uh, let some people know about the upcoming class. Uh, we had you in it a while back, and would love to have you revisit us again. You were some good students. All right, appreciate. All righty, God, God bless you as well. God bless. All righty. So, well, do we have time, or should we? Up, oh, I guess we don't. We don't. That's the, that's the music. <laughs> There's the music. And we got to face the music, Doctor Buckner. Oh, that's right. That's right. And more. And more than one. Oh, way. That's right. Uh, well, it is time for us to take a. Commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. And once again, we want to thank all of you who have been diligently praying for this ministry. We thank you so much because we know your prayers are making the difference. But we also need folks to step up and partner with us financially. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we need your support, especially now. We are looking at 140 $140 deficit for tonight's program, and it costs us 400 a week to stay on. So we need your help. It's time to step up to the plate and knock a home run for contending for the faith. If you've been listening to this broadcast for many years and if you've been blessed by it, but you've never, never given, now's the time to step up. You know, God has blessed us to live in a country with so much, and, and much is given, much is required. And we know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, and that your your prayers and your financial support uh, will touch lives for time and eternity. There's two ways you can donate. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N. California 94920. The second way is somewhat simpler. Just go on your computer or your laptop. Go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It's that simple, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Also, we want to let you know about a five-week class that's coming up Monday, February the 11th. Dr. Buckner will be teaching a class entitled, What Does It Mean to Be an Extreme Disciple? Uh, in this five-week class, you'll learn how most Christians you know, today have never been taught what it means to be a true extreme disciple. They believe you, once you become a Christian, everything stops there, but there's so much, much more to learn. And we want to encourage you to take this 
opportunity to meet Dr. Buckner, to take advantage of his over 40 years of training, and to take this class and really dig deep and become a, a strong ex- disciple, to learn what true disciples all of, discipleship is all about. So if you're interested in this class, uh, give Dr. Buckner a call at area code 415-721-1778 or email him at jlbcftf at comcast.net. So once again, this class begins Monday, February 11th. It'll be taught at the East Bay Baptist Association office located at 1221 Pacific Avenue in San Leandro, California. So if you're in the area or if you can uh, put this on your calendar and make that time to to take this class, it'd be a great opportunity for you. Also, we want to let you know that next weekend, next Saturday, uh, Dr. Buckner's family will be flying in from Houston, Texas. So he's we're going to be out of the studio, but we will be airing the best of contending for the faith. So tune in. You can't call in, but you can definitely tune in and take advantage of the information that will be on that particular broadcast, and then we'll resume the following weekend. So just heads up, can't call in next Saturday, but you can tune in. All right, Dr. Buck. Thank you, Brother Gary. And we just got in. I just got a note of uh, somebody who wants to do an anonymous uh, donation of uh, $100. Praise the Lord on that. Amen. That is uh, good news. That is uh, shouting news here tonight. And we know that God is touching people uh, as we minister to them. And uh, we praise the Lord and we trust that he'll touch you tonight as well. Uh, Well, let's get to our callers. And uh, we uh, have who? Deborah next? Yep. Let's go to Deborah. She's been waiting patiently. How are you doing, Deborah? Well... I'm doing the best I can, brother. All right, and uh, happy New Year to you. And uh, haven't talked well, with you, haven't talked with you since last year. Yes, that's right. You have it. Yes. Um, I want to, to give you an acronym. Okay, lay it on us. Okay, it's it's Christ, uh, it's Christ year. So it's Christ year, not New Year. It's Christ year. Okay, I like that. That's very good. Appreciate that. We always like. Uh, acronyms. I'm into that. And Christ year. I like that. We'll uh, keep that in heart and mind and share that with some others as well. Okay. Thank you so much. And do you have any uh, prayer requests? We have uh, Rick as well waiting in the wings to call in and we want to use our time wisely. So do you have any prayer requests and that we can pray for you around? Yes, I have a social worker coming on Thursday and um, pray that I will gain favor with her and and my care provider will not have any misunderstandings with her or with me and that everything will go away in which it will glorify God Amen. in our relationships with each other. Well, that's very important and it's good that you are uh, laying down those prayer request right now and having others to pray for you. And we know from James chapter 5, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we're going to lift up these prayers right now for you so that whatever's crooked, God will make it straight uh, right now. So we have Brother Gary to, to do that. All right. So, Lord, we just thank you for Sister Deborah. We pray, Lord God, for these requests, Lord God, that everything would run smoothly. Relationships would be uh, strong and vital, and that there would be love in the midst of all of these folks, Lord God, and that 
as a result, she would get the care that she needs, that she would get the attention she needs, that she would get the resources she needs, that she would get the service that she needs. And, Lord God, that you would get all the glory in, in the end of this. And, Lord, we just thank you in advance for everything that you're going to do. And we also pray that you give Sister Deborah your peace around this, that she would be able to close her eyes tonight and, and rest assured that you are on the case and that you're going to take care of everything, every detail, that you're going to supply all of her needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So we thank you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. And uh, Deborah, thank you for your call, and uh, God bless you, and we'll keep in contact with you. Okay, because I'm having trouble reaching my brother, too. Okay, we'll keep that in prayer, too, and we'll give you a call soon and talk with you and so we can follow up on some things. Okay. All righty. God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank Thank you for your call. I love you all. We love you as well. Mm -hmm. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, we got time for Brother Rick. Yes. Brother Rick, how you doing? Brother Rick. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. How are you doing? Well, guess I got I got a praise report. Okay, what I'm, is that? I'm home. Well, amen. <laughs> amen. I'm, not, I'm I'm out of the facility. I'm still I'm still walking on my own, and uh, it's just good to be able to get 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 some normal things done in my life. You sound like uh, you, when you said "I'm at home." You uh, sounded like uh, Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. Uh, no, place like home, <laughs> no place like home. That's no place like home. Hey man, well thank you, thank you for sharing that praise report. That's good news. It's a good praise report, and just uh, strength to keep carrying on. Hmm. Very and, good. And that's my prayer request. And your health is your health is holding up okay. My my health is holding up. I had I, I made my first uh, dinner on my own for a while. Mm-hmm. Very so uh, that that's something that's good too. I, I had some shrimp and uh, some uh, cauliflower. All right, eating healthy that's a good thing. So what's on your heart tonight? You have any question on your heart? I got I got, I got a very interesting biblical question because uh, it, it, it's a it's a picture of contrast. In Proverbs twenty six four and five, it says, "Answer." In twenty six four, it says, "Answer not a fool according to his folly." And then, then in twenty six five, it says, "Answer a fool according to his folly, that he may not fall into conceit." So, I'd like to ask you to do a uh, con- a comparison and contrast of the two scriptures. Oh, thank you. What a good question, because this is something that has been. Uh, puzzling to uh, a lot of people, uh, not only in their homes, but in churches and so forth. And so this is a very good question. Uh, let's uh, deal with it the best we can uh, from the perspective of the Bible and the Lord. Well, let me just say this as an uh, opener, that uh, there are also people who are against the Bible. Uh, they try to use this as an alleged discrepancy that uh, it's saying on one hand, uh, to answer not a fool according to his folly, and then the next verse is to answer him. So they try to use this as an alleged discrepancy that you can't trust the reliability of the Bible. <clears throat> well, that's not the case at all here. And uh, I want to encourage people to look at this in Proverbs 26 and verses 4 and 5. You should make a note of that. Uh, this is what um, Solomon is saying. 
is that there are two types of fools and uh, in our world today, and there are many other types too, but these are two in the context here. There is one type. The first fool is the a person who doesn't want to listen at all. You know, uh, he wants to argue you in the grave, infinitum agnosium, with no end, and uh, he has the attitude, like Donald Gray Bornhouse said, don't confuse me with the facts. I've already made my mind up. And then Donald Gray Bornhouse also said, the great Presbyterian uh, preacher, storytelling preacher, he says a lot of times when people say that they're thinking, they're not thinking, they're rearranging their prejudices. And, uh, and so uh, and he fits this first person, this first fool fits into the category of also uh, what uh, Walter Martin said when he said, controversy for controversy's sake is a sin. Now, he fits in that category. But the second person is a fool as well, but he's open to listen. And then this person fits into this second part of what Walter Martin said, controversy for controversy's sake is a sin, but controversy for truth's sake is a divine imperative. So he is a fool, and he talks like a fool, and he acts like a fool, and he listens to foolish things, and foolish people, but he has an open heart to listen. So it's these two types of people. Now, <clears throat> this is an important for us to understand, too. With this uh, first person, uh, answer not a fool according to his folly, it kind of reminds me of the story of uh, J. Vernon McGee. He shared a story of a, a well-known uh, rich uh, businessman, and he, was, uh, he would go to work, uh, every day, and he became a Christian. He would go to work, and these other ungodly businessmen would corner him up during the lunchtime and just ask him a lot of foolish questions. Now, they were asking him foolish questions and trying to bring the Bible into it, but they had no heart to listen and to learn and to grow. And so he would deal with them over and over and over again, but he just got exhausted trying to deal with these foolish men. And so he just came to work one day, and he just didn't say nothing during his lunch break. And they were constantly saying, are you going to answer us? Are you going to answer us? Are you going to just sit there like a dodo bird? (laughs) He was sitting there like a dodo bird, not listening to them. And then all of a sudden he finally spoke, and he said, I have something to say to you guys, and this is what I'm going to say to you. I'm going to give you the words of Jesus. Jesus said, don't cast your pearls (laughs) among swine, and I'm dusting the dirt off my feet as a testimony against you, and I'm I'm, I'm not going to answer you because you got foolish questions and you don't have uh, a heart to want to learn. So so in in a nutshell, uh, if an unbeliever— Let me just kind of break this down. If an unbeliever who rejects the truth, you see, there's the first type of person. There's an unbeliever who rejects the truth. This is that first person. He rejects the truth. He don't want to hear about the truth. He wants to argue about the truth. He doesn't want to listen about the truth. And then he mocks the truth, and he constantly... Uh, becomes derogatory towards the truth. And we got family members like this. We got people in the community. We got politicians. We got people in the religion world, in the cults world. So this is the first type of person. If a person is an unbeliever who rejects the truth, 
and this is this first uh, verse in verse 4. And then secondly, uh, this person, the same person should not be answered. Uh, you should not answer his foolishness or his ideas or his foolish presuppositions. And then, because uh, he always, number three, thinks he's right, and he got his mind made up. But the second person in verse 5, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. This person, this foolish one, uh, when you rebuke him, and you rebuke him in love, and show him his ways and his errors, uh, and you present to him the truth, then he gets... His mind starts to open up. He wants to listen. He's willing to learn. He w- he's willing to uh, grow in what you're saying. And that person is the one that you spend time with and you invest in that person. And you do everything you, you can to help him so he don't think that he's wise in his own foolish conceit. So I tried to do a Reader's Digest condensation of this and hopefully – uh, I, I've helped you out with it. Amen. I, just before I went home, I talked with a uh, person, and we are going to be having the dialogues. Mm-hmm. He's asking me some very, he's asking me some very good questions right now. He's a, uh, he's agnostic, and he's uh, struggling with his faith right now. But he's willing, he's willing to take time to listen. And I'm, and what I'm hoping to do right now is just get him to think. That's that second person. So invest in them. Take some time out. Let's have a prayer. We only have about two minutes. Let's have some prayer with you, and then we're going to close out. But thank you for that good question, and uh, thank you for your call. So you have some uh, quick prayer requests? Uh, Just uh, give me the strength to keep going on. Amen. Amen. Brother Garrett. All right. Well, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We pray that you do give him that strength to carry on, to give him wisdom to to take care of himself to also surround him with people that will look in on him and and also give him support that he needs nurses and skilled professionals and everybody he needs to to remain healthy and strong lord bless him with your peace bless him with your strength give him the victory in all things in jesus name amen well we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast and we'd like to thank vince our engineer frederick our phone counselor and you our listening audience for being part of tonight's program It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, and encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in prayers, in your prayers until next time. And we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.